Welcome to Fantasy or Reality, the GPP. Whatever road you took to get here doesn't matter. What matters is you're here. My hope is that we all can help one another in this journey. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's my first solo episode in a few weeks. I'm excited to be back. I had a great time doing uh, the last two interviews with Ted Hartwell and Alex from Alabama. I was really grateful to have both those guys come on, and I will kind of recap and go over how I felt about those interviews and how I'm excited to you know, continue doing more of these. But uh, it's nice to be back for a solo episode, um, you know, especially with it being uh, Problem Gambling Awareness Month, PGAM. Um, it's really cool. Um, obviously, I came into recovery May 2nd of 2021 so it's my first march uh, awareness month problem gambling awareness month sorry if i can't get that out right right now um but anyways uh there's a lot of great things going on this month a lot of great things that have already gone on in the last few weeks that i'll just kind of recap talk about how uh, i felt about them and you know my hopes and you know what i'm looking forward to going forward um, so, you know, like I said, this is Problem Gambling Awareness Month. Um, so I'm sure that there are, um, events going on all over the country. I know here in New York, we have the, um, New York Council on Problem Gambling, uh, virtual conference this year on March 9th and March 10th. I'll leave, um, links to find out information about what's going on this month uh, that the Problem Gambling uh, Northeast Resource Center is putting on for us up here in the upstate area of New York and really for everyone in New York and anyone who wants to ch- come check it out. Um, and then the conference, which I'm really excited to talk about and be a part of. Um, but yeah, so I guess first I will dive into the last few weeks. Um, so obviously, the last few weeks I haven't done a solo episode. My uh, last three, actually. Now that I think about it, my best friend John, I was on with him. Then Ted Hartwell came on. Great interview. And then Alex came on. So it's it's been a little while since I've done one solo here. Um, all really great in their own aspects. It was really, really great to talk with my best friend Johnny. Uh, Johnny Boy, I know you listen in, my friend. Love you, buddy. Thanks for doing that with me, man. It really meant a lot. Um, I hope uh, a lot of people got a lot out of that. Um, just hearing him talk about, you know, uh, you know, just knowing me and you know the stuff that we've been through, and I hope to have him back on again in the future. Really. He's been incredible to me my entire life. John's been my best friend. Thick and thin, we've been through so much. I mean, I could probably do 20 hours of just stories of just John and I. Um, And maybe one day I'll just have him on here and him and I will laugh and you'll think, why are there two Eddie Murphys talking on this? (laughs) Um, Yeah, we used to love the movie Life and we would just quote that back and forth to one another pretending we like we were Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. But anyways, uh, yeah, great interview, interview, more of like a discussion, great talk with him, really working through some stuff and talking about 
the differences between being a problem gambler and a, a non-problem gambler. So really great. Uh, it was really great to see him. That's one of the things I really miss about, you know, Long Island. I mean, I love being up here. I love upstate New York. Uh, I love the Saratoga region. And I love being up here. Uh, the mountains, the lakes, there's just so much that I love about being up here. But one thing I really miss is being around, you know, my, my best friend Johnny and some some of my other really good friends, my best friend Joel. Um, we really had a great time together um, with our families and um, the three of us just hanging out and laughing. That was a really special time. Um, love you guys. Um, then there was the Ted Hartwell interview, which was fantastic. Um, the first crack at an interview I had, uh, I was definitely nervous going into it. Um, but Ted was great. He had so much great information. He had such a great story. He really did a great job articulating everything, talking about how he began at an early age, how that developed for him, what he does for his recovery. His story is just incredible, and I was really honored to have him come on here and talk about it and have someone with 14-plus years of experience talk about recovery. Um, and what I really liked was that you know last story he told about someone he was involved with that had decades that ended up going back out because he you know, backed away from the program for whatever reason. You know, it just goes to show you that if you don't continually put the work in, even if you're not doing meetings every single day, every single week, you know, there's just always that potential out there. So it's so important to stay involved, even if it's just listening to podcasts or just going to one or two meetings a month or whatever you have to do for you. Only you know what you need for your recovery. And, um, I was really, really grateful to have Ted come on. I learned a lot from that interview. It was just a great discussion. Um, it was really cool connecting with someone who also has a love for music. Uh, I, I really wish he got that instrument maybe one day. I know he's okay with his old beater, he said, but I know how it is. Um, I love my Fender acoustic, but I would love to get a Taylor one day. So thank you very much, Ted. Um, great, great interview. Great having you on. And also, my last interview, Alex from Alabama, that was very powerful also. I really appreciated having him come on and tell his story. He's only a few months into his recovery. And I was a little bit nervous having someone so early on in recovery at first. But then I remembered that I did the exact same thing. I was a month in when I reached out to Brian Hatch over at his All in the Addicted Gamblers podcast and it helped me so much to be able to tell my story and share it with my family and friends and he's been able to do that and he's gotten some great feedback from his family and friends and I really am happy that I've been able to provide that you know, uh, link that bridge because I understand how hard it is to tell people and sometimes just sending that off is is so much easier and, and I'm really glad I was able to have him on. He seems like such a, a, a smart young man. Instead of me calling him young man, I sound like an old man right now. I'm 37, going to be 38. He's 27, but it was really great having him on here 
telling his story, someone early in recovery. It's really, I think it was really great to have someone with well over a decade in recovery as my first interview, and then someone who's only a few months into his recovery. Um, I think it was a great, um, sorry, that was my water bottle. I try to stop doing that. Um, but I think it's great to contrast the two different sides. I think it's important. It's important to also share that it doesn't matter what we gambled on. It doesn't matter what our addiction was. And it doesn't matter how old we are, how long we've been in. We've all gone through, done a lot of the same things. But there, it is possible to change. It's possible to, you know, you, you, you can't act like these things didn't happen. You need to remember. Don't, you know, you need to look back but not stare. Um, so it was fantastic having him come on. Thank you so much, Alex. I really appreciate you coming on, and I hope you come back on, buddy. Um, and stay strong. I'll stay in contact. Um, you know, I've gotten to know Alex a bit um, outside of the podcast. That's one, one thing. There's so many great things about not only being a part of this community, but about podcasting is getting to meet more people in recovery and, and building these relationships outside of, um, you know, just podcasts or meetings. You know, I have texted Alex back and forth several times since we began talking. And it's really great to see that he's moving in the right direction. So, uh, yeah, so it's been really great doing these interviews. I have a few other ones lined up. I have one lined up for a few weeks from now, which I'm really excited. I, I think that's going to be a great story. I can't wait to put that out for you guys and gals. Um, but I'm also happy to be back here doing a solo episode. I'm going to be back and forth. Uh, you know, a couple solos, a couple interviews. We'll see how it goes. There's not going to be any rhyme or reason to this. This is just another recovery tool of mine. And I, I hope everyone gets something out of it. hope they get some help out of it, just like I got a lot of help out of the several podcasts that I listen to. Um, yeah, so I'm going to talk a bit about the uh, Problem Gambling uh, Resource Center. Uh, the Northeast Problem Gambling Resource Center and um, the statewide um, conference that we're going to have. Sorry, long day at work. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really excited about the conference. Um, it's going to be two days. It's going to be March 9th and March 10th. I will link that in the show notes so you can come and listen, uh, come participate. Uh, there's going to be meetings, there's going to be speakers, and if you're interested, my wife, uh, Kelly, and I are going to be speaking March 10th on Thursday between 1.15 and 2.15 on a panel with uh, two others about our uh, recovery, different things about um, gambling and being an affected other, and uh, I'm not going to get too into it, but hopefully I'll see some of you there. I will link it in the show notes, like I said. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to doing that. Um, but for Problem Gambling Awareness Month, there are going to be several uh, things going on each week. This week, uh, we have National Screening Day, 
going on on uh, March 8th. So tomorrow is National Screening Day. There's also going to be, uh, if you look around, at least in New York, hopefully there'll be more uh, around the country, maybe around the world, we'll see. But if you see buildings lit up with yellow, if you see bridges lit up with yellow, that is in uh, sim- sim- it's a symbolic thing uh, symbolizing the uh, um, the uh, Problem Gambling Awareness Month going on and uh, it's National Screening Day and um, so that's what's going on tomorrow uh, we're going to have our conference March 9th and March 10th uh, week 3 prevention is key visit the new youth Decide website for information about underage gambling. Learn about how gambling can change the brain. So there's going to be information on uh, the newyorkproblemgambling.org slash PGAM. I'm going to link that in the show notes also. They have that going on in week three. Week four is about treatment. Um, There's going to be success stories about people in recovery. There's going to be some blog posts. And week five is recovery as possible. There's going to be um, stories of hope to show you that there is a way to get better. There is a way, you know, to enter into recovery. And, you know, it's helped me so much. It's helped my wife so much. And um, they're asking for anyone who wants to share their story to share that on their Facebook page. Uh, I know I'll be doing that. So I look forward to doing that. It's, you know, it's just been a... It's going to be an exciting month here. Uh, I'm really excited to be a part of this. Um, I'm really excited to be speaking. It's kind of crazy thinking about just where I was, like, uh, not even just over just over 10 months ago. You know, March 2nd was 10 months for me, bet-free. And it's crazy to think back to that point 10 months ago. I mean, life was just crashing down. I wasn't sure if I was going to be married. I mean, I didn't know if I was going to be with my kids in, in those first few days. And, and now here, I feel like I've I've worked so hard and gotten so far along in my recovery and and working on myself through all the tools I always talk about, through my meetings and through uh, one-on-one therapy, and through this podcast, and it's just crazy to think that, you know, six months into my recovery, it's only been four months I've been doing this podcast, and in that time, this will be the 19th episode I put out, and several interviews uh, on this podcast, the New York Times article, which I'm sure some of you, that's how you found this podcast, there's been another story in our area that, uh, was um, put out by a really great writer named Andrew Waite. Um, the paper was called The Daily Gazette. That's another thing I'll link in the show notes. Um, yeah, it was awesome to be a part of that story. He did such a fantastic job putting it together. Um, it's called House Money. Advocates worry gambling addictions will rise after legalization of mobile sports betting. So... They contacted me through the uh, New York Council here, um, 
my wife and I are in contact with uh, three or four, actually several great women over there, um, women and men. We've all been so supportive and great. And uh, because my wife and I are both very open about what's gone on in our recovery, uh, we, we're sharing our story more and more. So now this was just another opportunity to share our story. And Andrew did a, a really good job of putting the story together. Uh, it was the feature story on Sunday, February 27th. You know, we knew we were going to be in the paper, um, but it was crazy to pick the paper up and see, you know, my wife and I, you know, as the main story, our pictures on the front page, talking about something very vulnerable and very difficult. At least at first it was difficult to talk about. But now we both feel very comfortable being open and speaking about it, and it helps us both in our own recovery and our, you know, to move forward with our lives and helping ourselves and others. Um, but yeah, I mean, the New York Times article obviously had a f farther reach, uh, and more people, I'm sure, read it around the world. But after that article, no one in my local area said anything, which was fine. I, I'm not. I'm not doing these to get recognition like, hey, great job for being in the paper, man. Uh, no, I'm, I'm doing this so that hopefully, or we're doing this, my wife and I are both doing this, so hopefully someone who comes across this who has a gambling addiction or problem or really any addiction issues will come across and, and just not feel alone because I, I just remember feeling so alone, especially with my gambling addiction. Um, but, you know, like I said, like after that New York Times story, um, a lot more people reached out to me, which was great. That's what I was hoping for. People looking for help or needing a, a, something to listen to, maybe not ready going to a meeting or not ready to go to a meeting. But doing this article around here, it being the feature story, I, I knew that it's possible that someone around here and probably would see this story. And that's... You know, I'm okay with that. I am very open about my addiction and my recovery. and um, But it still was in the back of my mind something I, I guess I worried a little bit about. Um, not because I am worried about being judged, but uh, I guess just because it's in my local area, which is, you know, I'm so happy we did this now. And I, I wasn't worried about doing it while we were doing it. Uh, and I, you know, would have been fine with any reaction. But this is just an example of almost similar to um, how I felt when I worried about telling others about my addiction, uh, my family, my friends. Um, I thought once I told people, they would see me differently. I thought once people knew or thought of me as an addict or even a recovering addict they would see me differently they wouldn't see me for me they'd only see this this title this title as an addict but i slowly learned over time as i told more people that that's just not how they see me that's not how it is just like my best friend john said you know he doesn't see me as an addict he knows that he knows that there are these issues that have been there throughout my life and he acknowledges that but he doesn't see me as steve the addict he just sees me as steve and that's what I've 
I've noticed as I've been open about this, as I've talked to people about this, my my friends and my family, I can't think of one person who hasn't been supportive. I can't think of one person who hasn't cheered me on, hasn't been happy for me. Um, and, and I talk about this because it is very similar to what happened with this article. I guess I, I was happy to put this article out there to put a face to this addiction, you know, to to make people not feel alone. But, you know, there was just still that little worry in the back of my mind. And just like I was worried about telling my friends and family and it being much better than I thought, I got the same reaction from other people in my life. So, for example, I was at work the other day, and the day after the article came out, I was in the the back when I got. Uh, I went to go speak to my boss, our new boss. Um, fantastic guy! I'm so happy to have him in there. Um, so we're talking about just some stuff with the routes and whatnot. Great guy, listening. Um, like I said, really happy to have him as my uh, boss or whatever. Um, so we get done talking and. As I'm getting ready to leave his office, he says, oh, hey, I, I saw your article. And for a split second, my heart dropped. I was like, I didn't know which way this was going to go. And he stuck his hand out and he said, that's, you know, really impressive, Steve. And um, I think he said something along the lines that you should be proud of yourself. But I just remember him saying it's really impressive. And he shook my hand and it was as if, you know, like nothing. He didn't see me any differently. Been seeing him every day since. And he hasn't seen me differently. Other people at work haven't seen me any differently. I've gotten some, you know, good job, thumbs up, whatever. Like, it's just here I was worried that if people at work found out that I would be seen differently at work or I would maybe lose some respect or or whatever. And uh, even though I, I would have been fine one way or the other, I'm okay with whatever happens. I cannot change how others feel. Not everyone is going to be supportive and not everyone is going to be okay with it. And that's all right. I I can live with that. Um, it doesn't mean I wasn't still worried about what would happen at work. People found out, but now that I know that people at work know, it's changed nothing. They don't see me any differently. I haven't been treated any differently and nothing has happened aside from, you know, handshakes and and kind words so you know I, I only talk about that I guess because I just know how scary it is to talk about this addiction especially early on I know how scary it is to come out as a gambling addict or as a addict in general um, you just think people are going to see you differently and um, from my experience and from what Alex has told me after sharing his podcast, that's not his experience either. People are just supportive. They're happy to see you getting better. Like John said, he just wants me to do better. Like he said, Steve, I love you, man. I don't want you to even have a bad Tuesday. Sorry if I misquoted you there, buddy, but that's a, that's a, you know, that's, that's just what my experience has been. That's what people I know's experience, experiences have been. Now, that's not going to be every experience, and I'm not going to 
pretend that it is. I'm not going to say that you're going to go and tell your wife or your best friend or your mom or your father-in-law and, and they're going to give you a pat on the back because I've also heard stories of it going the other way. But what I've learned is, you know, you have to be prepared for one way or the other. You know, we can't control how other people are going to feel about this. All we can control is how we feel about ourselves and how we handle this addiction and handle our own recovery. You know, we don't do this just for the people around us. It doesn't work that way. I've tried to do stuff like that before, just to do it for the people around me um, or just try to move past addictions in the past or even the first time around with this gambling addiction a few years ago and it doesn't work. If you don't want to change for you, it, it's not going to work. You might, be able to stu- you might be able to abstain for a while, but from my experience and from others, you need to do this for yourself first. Now, of course, I do this for my wife and my children. I want to be the best version for them, but it's it's got to be for you. It's got to be for me. Anyways, I feel like I've been all over the place in this episode. I'm sorry if that's been the way it's been. Um, I kind of wrote a few notes down like I normally do, but i just been kind of going off the top of my head. Um, there's just, you know, been a lot of great things that have happened this month, the last few weeks. Uh, a lot of great things are going to happen. A lot of things in the future that are going to happen. Um for my wife and for myself in, in this recovery community. And, um, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just happy to be a part of this. Um, I'm also, once again, bouncing to another subject. <laughs> I'm trying to learn, uh, balance with this also. Um, I, uh, I gotta remember not to overdo my recovery also. Now, that doesn't mean that I am not in recovery every day, but I also have to make sure to, to balance life out. And what I mean by that is, you know, I, I, I want to be there for my wife and for my kids. I want to be there for the people in my life and for myself. And I can't do that if everything I do is recovery-oriented. Now... Both my wife and I are very involved. I do this podcast. She does her podcast. We're a part of the council. We're not a part of the council. I'm sorry. But we are working with the council for this um, uh, conference and several other um, uh, events or activities that may go on in the future. Um, you know, we do a lot. We want to do a lot because it's helped us so much and we want to help other people. But we have to remember that we have to be there for ourselves and for our kids also. For example, um, last night, uh, so today is March uh, 7th, for whenever you're listening to this, in 2022. So last night, March 6th, 2022, uh, there was a statewide GA meeting, fantastic meeting. Um, I I didn't realize it was going to be two hours, but, uh, I loved every minute of it. So my wife and I jumped on around 6.15. She listened for a while and then I stayed on until about eight. 
great meeting. I loved it. Um, but I was going to also go to a uh, um, meeting from my problem gambling support group, the first group I've been in for a uh, anniversary of a great member of ours. And, you know, after I got off at 8, you know, I went and uh, talked to my kids a little bit while they were in bed, and then I went and talked to my wife for a little bit. And, um, yeah, we kind of talked about this, like, balancing thing about wanting to make sure we spend more time with our kids because you know initially when we were on the call the kids were running around and acting up and that's probably because they were just trying to get our attention and then I noticed today my son was asking me if I was doing another meeting today and uh, I, I just have to make sure to m make sure I'm not doing too much so instead of jumping on that meeting uh, I, I ended up sitting with my kids for a half an hour in their room and just talking with them, laughing with them, being silly. And, uh, you know, at ages four and seven, that's just, that's all they want. They just want you to be there. And, uh, I can do that today because of recovery. So don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say I need to dial it back. I just need to find the correct balance. I got to make sure I'm doing my interviews when they're in bed or at a time when they're at another activity or um, doing my podcast like I'm doing when they're in bed already. Um, I try to do my workouts when they're in bed. I try to balance it out so I spend as much time with my wife and kids as possible doing stuff for myself but also being a part of this. Um, there's another meeting that I'm normally on on Mondays that uh, I decided to not do this week because I did the two-hour meeting last night. I'm chairing another meeting tomorrow night, and then my wife and I are going to be on, uh, you know, for basically a day and a half on these uh, these meetings, which we're very excited about. But uh, and, and this is a meeting I love on Mondays, a fantastic group of guys. I'm sad to, to miss it. But, uh, you know, I, I wanted to also get a quick podcast out and um, I, I couldn't do both. I couldn't do the podcast quick, and I couldn't jump on the meeting. I mean, I guess I could have, but I, like I said, I, I got I got to find balance. So next week I'll I'll be on my Monday meeting, and if I have to skip my other meeting, that's it's just it's week to week. You know, it's about what's going on. It's just trying to find balance because I had zero balance before this. You know, it was either all gambling or all. Uh, working out or like no matter what it was like whatever I was into I would just be into it a thousand percent and uh I, I gotta find the balance and I think I'm doing a good enough job of that but I just have to be aware of it I gotta be uh my favorite word here seems to be cognizant of what I'm doing um you know I I, I want to be involved I'm going to be highly involved my wife is going to be highly involved but I also got to find the time to be there for my kids, for my wife and for myself, for my friends, for my family. So, yeah, uh, sorry if I have been all over the place. I guess I just had a lot to talk about, a lot to say. Um, I probably could have gone way more in depth with all this stuff. Uh, yeah, I just like to sit here and kind of think things through. I like to sit here and 
don't know. I guess just talk to myself and talk to you guys. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to link all those things in uh, show notes. I'm going to put um, the links for the conference coming up if you'd like to attend that. I'm going to put the links uh, for the uh, NewYorkProblemGambling.org and all the events going on this month that if you want to be a part of, that would be fantastic. Um, look into doing that Facebook challenge and post your story if you're comfortable doing it. And um, yeah, I hope to see some of you at the conference. Like I said, my wife and I are going to be speaking March 10th from 1.15 to 2.15. Uh, I'm going to link the Daily Gazette article that I, I mentioned in this. And um, yeah, I'll check in with you guys soon. I'll let you know how the conference went. I hope you all have a good week. Be good to yourselves. Here's where to get help. You can call or text 1-800-522-4700. That's the National Council on Problem Gambling. Or you could call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. This is where I found um, the link to my therapist through my local counselor. And then also, we cannot forget our affected others. My wife goes to Gammonon every week, and it's been a huge help to her. So anyone in your life who you feel like needs help or you've affected through your gambling, you can go to gammonon.org, G A M dash a-n-o-n dot org the number is 718-352-1671